Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I wait and I did not hear back from anybody. Um, so um, ultimately I got an estimate how much it would cost. Ultimately, like six months later, what took you so long to get? So it was August 30th when this happened and it isn't until late February that you do something. What happened? This is the plaintiff, Joshua Efron. He says he brought his car to the defendant's shop for a full detail, and the guy ripped his seat somehow. When he complained, he told him the rip was already there. It wasn't. He's now suing this guy for the $1,282.82 he's most certainly owed. This is the defendant, Gregory Paul. He says this guy called to complain about a tear in his seat after he left his car wash, claiming one of his guys ripped it. The guy wouldn't come back with the car so we could see the damage. It's clear as day the damage was already there, and he's not about to be scammed by the likes of the plaintiff and refuses to pay for something he did not do. He's accused of tearing into a customer. All parties, please get your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Efron, you are suing Fashion Square Car Wash, represented here by Mr. Paul. You're the manager, correct? Correct. For $1,282 in damages you say they did to your car. Tell me what happened. Okay, uh, August 30th, 2020, Your Honor, I brought my car in um, for detailing. And what kind um, of car is this? It's a Subaru Crosstrek, a 2014 Subaru Crosstrek. Okay. Um. It was there roughly two hours, um, and then I got the call. The car was ready, um, so I went over, got it, and uh, there was the plastic on the seat that the workers use, you know, to not uh, dirty up the seats. Um, but because the seats were wet, I just left the plastic on and um, drove um, off with the plastic on. It took me about, I want to say, maybe 15 minutes to get to my next destination. And at that time, my plan was I'd crack the windows open a little bit, tear off the, uh, pull off the plastic excuse me, and then let the seats dry. Um, and that's when I pulled up the plastic and saw the rip in the seat. So I immediately phoned up the car wash and explained uh, that there was a rip in the seat. I spoke to a man named uh, Luis, and he said, okay, I'll look into it and get back to you in about an hour. An hour passes, I don't hear back, so I phone him back. And um, then he said, um, oh, that rip was already there. Um, and we have camera footage of it. I said, you have camera footage of it, really. I'd love to see this footage. And to this day, I have not seen that footage. Um, I also said, uh, if you saw a rip in the seat, wouldn't you have pointed that out before you put wet shampoo on a seat with a hole in it? 
Um, didn't make any sense to me. And he said, okay, not a problem. I'll have the boss uh, get back to you, um, Greg. And I said, okay, great. Um, so I wait and I did not hear back from anybody. Um, so um, ultimately I got an estimate how much it would cost. Ultimately, like six months later, what took you so long to get? So it was August 30th when this happened and it isn't until late February that you do something. What happened? Sorry, Your Honor, it was, it was November I got the estimate. So it's, I understand it was it, it was still a few months. I was basically just waiting to hear back from them. And Wait, you sat and, by the uh, phone for yeah. six months? Like at some point you didn't call back. You're an attorney, right? Uh, I'm an immigration. You're more aggressive on your cases than than you are with your own case, right? <laughs> I hope because so you never when yeah. he doesn't call you. Did you ever call again or no? Um, no. At that point, I um. So what happens instead is you file a written like a written complaint through their website or something, right? Uh, yes. Um, so I get the estimate in um November and then in February I send the uh, <laughs> November uh, December January website. February 3 months later you send him <laughs> All right you how did you when you received his complaint all right is that sent privately Mr. Paul to your business or does that go to a parent company how is it you receive that complaint uh, you could call me Greg your honor I received the email directly from our website it goes right to my personal email and then I got the email in February and I responded the next day. Did, did you, do you have a guy named Lewis working for you? Luis is one of my managers. Very good guy. And does he uh, remember? Because now I assume everything's hit the fan once you <laughs> ended up at people's court. Did you ever sit down with Luis and say, hey, did this guy, you know, what happened with this guy? And does I, Luis say, yeah, I gave you the message. Why didn't you call him back? Like, what is the conversation between you and Luis? Well, I only got the uh, email six months later. And then, of right. course, I talked to Luis did about Lu it. And Luis and, doesn't uh, remember? Doesn't remember. Uh, I have vague recollection of possibly getting a message, but he said that he uh, called the customer back and explained the situation, and then uh, we left it at that. Mr. Efren says that he was told by Luis, we have footage that proves that you came in here with that rip in your car. We have camera footages. The whole car is caught on uh, you know, camera footage the whole time it's on the car wash property. Um, I never saw any car wash footage. It gets erased after, you know, two weeks, maybe a month for some footage. According to Mr. Efren, not only does Luis say we have camera footage, but Mr. Efren says, send me the footage. I'm dying to see it. Be and I do know and I believe you, you, you say you don't hear about it until February, but um, Luis didn't save the footage that Mr. Efren asked to see. Right. I believe uh, I talked to Luis about it. He doesn't remember it, but. I told him the situation and he said, if that was a situation, I would have told the customer to return immediately. Yeah, that is kind Never of curious, Mr. Efren. My first move would be when Greg doesn't return my call to psycho call him <laughs> because that's how I operate. But uh, but anyway, so why didn't you take the car back to the car wash? All honesty, I just got a little bit uh, uh, busy and I figured, OK, phone, he'll phone me back. Uh, he doesn't want to have a bad customer. And he, in fact, his email response does show that he wants to try to make things right. Totally. Want to keep a totally. Good so let's get to the email so response figured, okay, by, by Mr. Uh, Paul. Mr. Paul sends an email back saying, you know, we, I, I don't think we did it, but it, it, you know, just in case, please just get, I can refer you to a repair place and I will give you free car washes to make up for whatever you have to pay for the repair. Now, if I'm you and I'm saying, yeah, I let this, this thing go for six months. I never brought the car to them. I left the premises without checking it. <laughs> I may have a proof problem. I don't right. know. Ah, that sounds pretty reasonable. 
But not you. You didn't think that was reasonable, Mr. Efren. You wanted him to pay you the $592.83, despite the fact that you took it with you and noticed it later. Yeah, but 15 minutes later, more precisely. But yes, I uh, didn't want to take the plastic off right away because I didn't want to sit on a wet seat. I was not expecting there to be a rip in the seat. Now, here's the thing, Mr. Paul, you're right that, you know, it becomes very difficult once... That's when a valet returns my car. And of course, this is because I've spent the last 30 years doing this. But I literally try to look inconspicuously when I walk all around my car. (laughs) Like I'll start at the passenger door and then I'll walk around like I'm looking at this side and then I walk around and then I peek towards the front and then I come back to see if there's any damage. Because I know that the minute I drive off, it's going to be really, really hard for me to pin it on them. And they did it. I didn't do it. I may know that in my soul, but proving it to somebody is going to be hard. Now, it's a little different with Mr. Efren, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, I have the phone records that show that he called your establishment several times that afternoon after picking it up. Number two, he took a video. It was really good that day. He just then something shiny passed in front of his eyes, and he forgot about it for another several months and then several months after that. Let's look at the video. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2020. I just got my car from the Fashion Square car wash just maybe two hours ago. Right now, there are a couple of issues all on the driver's side. Number one, this airbag light is on. In addition, there's this rip in the seat right here. Wow, that got a lot bigger later. In addition, there's an issue with the driver's window. Did you open it up a little for court so it would look worse? Why does it look so much worse now than it did on the day? Um, Your Honor, I submitted a picture. I submitted um, three pictures. One was taken the day of, and then I also submitted pictures taken a couple days ago in case um, court wanted to see how it looks now. And so over over a year, it's gotten a little bit. The rip has gotten a little bit bigger. What about your issue with the driver's window and your issue with the airbag? What happened with that? Um, those went away. So those weren't part of my uh, my suit. I I assume there was something to do with water in there that evaporated, and then. Um, those weren't there. So I, and if the cost of the uh, repair anything. of the seat is $592.83, why are you suing for $1,282.82? I was also suing for the uh, cost of the detailing. I submitted a receipt for that. that but you did get the detail. The idea behind court is to make you whole, not, not to put you ahead of the game. You got the detailing. Yeah. You received it. So why would you get your money back for that? What you would get if you're able to prove that they did it is the cost of the repair of the chair. That's what you would get. Um, and then you're also suing for lost wages? Yes, um, lost wages. I figured I would do it a, um, a low $250 an hour and just cap it at two hours. I spent more time than that preparing this, but I, but I thought that would get a little ridiculous. Did you, did you spend a lot of the t- last uh, year and a half preparing it before you brought it to me? Um, no, it was more of <laughs> um, several hours. It was not, definitely was not a year and a half or anything okay. approaching that. All right. So, Mr. Paul, let's get back to you. You know, I understand that when people leave, they've got to do like I do and and neurotically walk around the car. But when it's inside the car, isn't that a little bit different, especially in a case where I have him calling you guys? I see the phone records and I have him videoing it on that day. It doesn't 100 percent prove one way or the other. What do you think happened here? What do you think happened? Do you think that he's making it up and trying to pin it on you? Right. 
Absolutely not. not. Absolutely and, not. And also, I the don't can, I don't either. And that's where the problem lies. If we don't believe he's it, lying, then you guys would owe him for the chair. I don't think you owe him for lost wages and you don't owe him for the detail. You gave him the detail. And I, I, I but I wouldn't you owe him for the chair then? Uh, absolutely not. We didn't damage the chair. And then also he uh, Look, would have told let me them tell to you go something. to the this email address This is not like a little thing we're talking about. It's a big rip in the chair. And let's discuss something. This is a picture on the day. This is a video on the day. Let's get it to that point. There is this rip in the seat right here. And then throughout time, it has become worse, I take it. It's, it's gotten more it, open it, or something? Um, yes, Your Honor. And some of the um, inside foam has come out. You can see some of the, it's down to the metal now. Yeah. Um, Mr. It, Paul. That, that, there's, no way that, there's no way that a detail did that at all. It's okay, impossible. talk to me, That's explain from, to me. Immediately, you know 100% that that is not from, uh, you know, shampoo or brushing it or anything like that. It might have started off at the beginning of the detail smaller and it could have gotten bigger, but there's no way it How started at the detail. How would it have gotten bigger? Uh, you know, maybe putting pressure on it, maybe sitting on it will, you know, as you see, it's still opening up. It probably started off smaller. It opened up during the detail a little bit, maybe. And now it's even bigger and it's going to get bigger and bigger until it's fixed. Well, that's great, but that's a lot of supposition. I mean, I'd like to hear from the guy who detailed it or from the person who talked to the client, you know, because like, unless we think he's a liar and there was no hole. No. Right. So, ha so. Well, you, you know, know, I'll tell you, how, I can bigger. tell you a couple of ways that I think this could happen. Somebody could have a belt buckle and it could have ripped it because mm -hmm. it's a fabric seat. It's not leather. And no, uh, no. somebody These could have a tool strong. on them. Somebody could have a no. cleaning tool that they're using and it brushes against no. it. Why no? no? Why no? How did it Why happen no? then? It because happened somehow. Are, how did it, wait, no. How did these, it happen then? I did some research on uh, the plaintiff's car, a 2014 Crosstrek. Okay. If you go and uh, Google his particular car and the words car seat, problems, complaints, anything like that, and you'll get a lot of pictures and a lot of complaints, a lot of forums discussing this very problem with pictures that look very similar to the plaintiffs. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So you tell me that if I look up, this is a known problem, just this, part uh, this particular risk? Yes. And, and because I did some research coming into court, you know, I like to come in prepared. I, uh, I found this Subaru. This is a Subaru service bulletin for the, well, for, for many cars, but one of them is a 2014 Crosstrek. And it says the front seat back upholstery hooks, there's a design change. And it says if it's not repaired with continued use, the seat back frame may break down from foam padding covering it. Eventually, the frame will likely wear through and damage the trim cover. When a hook fails, a center flat portion of the seat back drops inward from lack of support. And if not repaired, the seat back frame may break down the foam padding covering it. Uh, it also explains this is a service bulletin directly for Subaru dealers and their repair people. And it explains how you're supposed to fix the problem. And it also explains how the warranty will take care of it. What say you to that, Mr. Um, 
if it's going to break through, um, Your Honor, I would imagine that that would be a uh, more gradual process. It wouldn't happen that I bring the car in. No, for but detailing. maybe so. Maybe maybe when someone's detailing it the way they're supposed to detail it, which is with shampoo and a little bit of you know elbow grease, that causes it to be visible now to you. But the degradation was in there and not that person's fault. You have to prove in this court that it's something they did wrong, like either they accidentally ripped it or they purposely ripped it, or they conducted their business in such a way that ends up ripping it. Now, all of a sudden, he shows me something that is literally a service bulletin for your 2014 Subaru Crosstrek that specifically says uh, that it may be covered because it's a recall on it. What is this dated from? 2-6-2018. When, when did you buy the car, Mr. Uh, Efren? Actually, Your Honor, that's approximately when I bought the car. I bought the car February of 2018, as it happens, um, wow. from a dealer and was never uh, told that at all. That's interesting. And I had no problem. Uh, two, guess all, two and a half, almost three years go by um, and had no problem. Yeah, I know. And, Everyone uh, has no problem until the second they have a problem. Then that's the second the problem was born. That's always the case. Um, but, you know, it's very hard for me to say to, to them that they obviously did something. Look, I find you to be credible. And so does he. Nobody thinks you're a scammer who, because if you were a scammer, you'd be on it so much better than you've been. You wouldn't have waited a year and a half. You wouldn't have, you're too busy. You're an attorney with a practice and you're like, oh, you know what? Now I decided I'm mad. Like, it's like, you know, no one thinks you're a scammer, but you still have to prove that they did something wrong unless they actually did something that you didn't hire them to do. It's very hard with this service bulletin to tell him you guys did something wrong and you got to pay the guy $592, much less $1,282.82. I'm going to send this service bulletin to you to make sure that you have it and it may still be covered. I don't know. I hope you two like end up talking to each other and work something out with repairs and car washes. And I mean, he, you know, Mr. Mr. I, Paul doesn't have to do that, but he probably yeah. wants to look good on television. And would you be willing to do that? I'm willing to do that without being on television. That's why I sent him an email. <laughs> All right. My work is done but, here. Based on this... But please, Mr. Efron, come on back and I will give you some free washes and I will set you up with an upholstery guy and we will get your seat taken care of and keep your car clean and you'll be coming back paying me money for many more years. I promise you. We will take care of you. Oh. Ah, a good business man. Let me just hold well, on to that feeling. To, Let me hold on to the, the feeling where feeling litigants right aren't screaming at each other. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, for the reasons I've stated, verdict for the defendant. Well, what a fascinating case. The defendant prevails because he did his homework and 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 gave the judge some very convincing evidence. Uh, Mr. Rayfriend, let me talk to you. How do you feel about the outcome of the case? Are you surprised? As long as I ultimately uh, get the seat repaired and it doesn't come out of my pocket, um, if it comes out of the pocket of Subaru of America, that's fine too, as long as I'm not paying for something I didn't do. Well, look, he's been great about it. Are you going to go back and get car washes from him and let him uh, maybe fix this up for you? Uh, probably, as long as, uh, yeah, we are able to um, get this uh, taken care of and move on. Well, good for you. I mean, come on, you, you're very lucky to have a defendant like that uh, to, to work with. Uh, Greg, Greg Paul, let me ask you, uh, you, good for you. You did a lot of work. That was uh, smart for you, right? You pat yourself on the back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, after I, they approached me to do the show, I started watching episodes 
and I binge watched like hundreds of episodes and I was like, I got to start doing some research. Well, good for you. What a nice guy. What a great guy. And what a smart guy. And keep watching. You'll keep learning. Okay. Doug, I got to say, this is great work on the defendant's part to do this kind of research. It was deep research, uh, but ultimately it won the case for the defendant because the defect in the car seat and the recall was pretty much all the defendant had to do to blow up the plaintiff's burden of proof. Marilyn, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? I look at the clock on the bedstand next to my side of the bed, and I'm grateful that I woke up. That actually does happen in the mornings. <laughs> I'm like, oh, another day. And then uh, my dog, my dog. I go down to my dog. Well, as you're walking out of the bedroom, the dog is usually asleep on the carpet, right? The rug right in front of the front door, right? And what happens as I'm coming down the steps? You immediately hear this thumping sound of boom, boom. boom. She's still asleep, but her tail is wagging because she's sensing that I'm coming I and she's so. banging yeah. her tail against the against right. the carpet. Right, and it's loud. Yeah, <laughs> that happens when either of us wake up. <laughs> she but... has a happy tail. Yes, she does. Yes. What's the first thing you do? Uh, well, let's see. When I wake up, I, uh, I get up off the floor. I try to figure out where I am. <laughs> no. That's not true. No, I... I uh, I go downstairs, I stumble downstairs, I make some coffee, and you've already been up for an hour, usually. Right. Right, and you're in the middle of God knows what project. There's probably stuff all over the place. And, uh, and then you say to me, I'm still having my cup of coffee right. until what time? Till like I, several hours later. Well, you know, that's, it takes, I, you gotta enjoy it, right? So I do that, but who makes you breakfast? So you do, actually, that's become yeah. your thing so, after the kids left the nest. So I got that going for me. Yeah. This is the plaintiff, Tahira Edwards. She says she rented a room in the defendant's house, and the woman pulled out a purple gun and told her she needed to get out because she would be the only female living there. Things went downhill fast from there. The defendant made a false police report against her, saying she threatened her kids, and needless to say, she moved out. She's suing for $10,000 for rent, gas, and emotional distress. This is the defendant, Ronisha McKenzie. She says she told the plaintiff she couldn't guarantee anything regarding the room because she'd been threatened with eviction. So the plaintiff knew this was a temporary situation. Besides, the crazy woman threatened her kids and now she's being sued for emotional distress? She's accused of lousy landlording. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff rented a room from the defendant. Turns out the defendant had no right to rent rooms, so the plaintiff wants her money back. Now, the defendant says she told the plaintiff things were only going to be temporary because she was threatened with eviction, but the plaintiff wanted to move in anyway, so she owes nothing. It's the case of get a room. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Edwards, what happened? Um, so I was just on Craigslist searching for rooms for rent. Um, at the time I'm a, I was a caregiver and I was staying with one of my clients. I was hoping to find something up in the Antelope Valley because that is where my children are located. And I came across Ronisha's, uh, post. There was multiple posts, um, for rooms for rent in this home that was located in Lancaster, California. 
Um, I saw the photos of the master bedroom. I was instantly interested. I wanted something big, something that kind of felt like a studio. Um, so that's what I went for. I ended up messaging her on the 16th of July around 2.13 p.m. She told me, when are you willing to rent? And I told her I would like to move in as soon as possible, hope hoping that I would get prorated rent since it was the middle of the month. It seemed as if she was willing to agree with that. And she told me to come by the next day so that I can go ahead and see what options she had available. So when I had came over there on, I believe it was a Saturday, the 17th, she showed me the rooms. There was only two of them she showed me. One was a master. The other was a small bedroom. The master was going for 800 and the smaller room was going for 400 I decided to go with the master bedroom. Um, I explained to her that I needed to go and get money out of the bank so I can give her what she was asking for. What was she asking um, for? So she asked for the $400, which would have been the prorated rent. Um, and she asked for a two or $300 deposit. So I gave her $400 plus the $300 deposit. And I gave her the $300 deposit in cash because I initially went to the bank to try to get money out. I could only get $300 out. Okay, so, so you I gave, gave her $700. $700. And then what happens? She asked you for exactly. another $250. How much later? Um, I think it was the next day over. Um, and what did she say was the reason that she was trying to get another $250 from you? She said that the owner told her that she made a mistake in telling me that it was only $300 for the deposit and that it was actually $550, I believe. And so I had ended up sending over another $250 through my cash app to okay. her account. All right. Now, who else was living in the place? Um, I don't really know for sure who else was living there, but I was introduced to a man. I do not remember his name. There was Can I ask you something? You said something about you wanted to move closer to your children. How old are your children? My son is six years old and my daughter is three. Okay. So were you planning on using this as a residence and uh, are you are they in someone else's custody? Yes. Um, my ex-boyfriend, who is their father, okay. his All mother right. has legal guardianship as of December 2019. All right. So wouldn't it matter who your roommates are going to be if the kids are going to be there? Right. Um, well, they were not going to be there. Gotcha. It was supposed to be something that was just for me. Gotcha. Um, okay. We didn't get that far ahead. Okay. So now what ends up happening? Do you move in what day? It was the 17th that I moved in, so the same exact day that I gave her all of the funds. And um, so when do you key. find out something's wrong, and how do you find out? Um, well, my ex-boyfriend was with me at the time because he was helping me move things in and out. And basically, he mentioned that he felt that it was an abandoned house because of the way that it looked. And I actually got mad at him because I was like, why are you trying to put negativity on my situation, you know? Um, but I'm like, no, like, don't. You know, don't put that in the universe. I really want this to be a place that I can stay for a while. Um, and we just ignored it. Like, we stopped talking about it. And then, basically, we went shopping. I went to try to find a bed. I went to find, um, you know, just things for the for the room because I wanted to decorate the room. Right. I wanted so to when do you YouTube find channel. out something's wrong? Um, basically, I was kind of starting to feel that maybe what he was saying was correct because the person that was living there, the man that was also in the home, I noticed when I was about to leave to go to the store, he was like, oh, are you guys coming back tonight? Oh, I, I'm just curious when you guys are coming back to the house. And I thought that was strange because I'm like, why are you curious when I'm leaving or coming? I, I live here now. I paid rent. I gave my deposit. I have my own key. 
So for him to have been asking me those so questions. So did you ask him why I are you asking like, me? No, I decided to call her. Okay. Um, and she was like, oh, I'm going to go talk to him right now. And I was like, no, please don't do that. Like, I don't want my roommate, my, Okay, you know, can I ask you to get roommate. to the point, though, a little bit? So here's what yeah, I'm sure. concerned about. Right. When she tells you I need another 250 who does she say the landlord is? She didn't say at that time that the landlord was At some landlord point, she says it's her specific. father? Later on, yes, she did no. text me and say that it was her father. Okay. So when do you find out that you're being evicted? Let's get to the point here. When do you find out there's something okay. really 9 wrong? 9 o'clock in the morning. On what day? I believe it was Sunday. What day? July the what? The knocking on the door. July what? I believe it was the 19th okay. or the 18th. So a few days after you moved in, you get a knock on the door, mm -hmm. and who is it? The police. All right. Police accompanied by whom? The owner was there. The owner. And what did you learn when the police were there? They just said, you guys have 10 minutes to get out of the home. Um, you're being evicted. And I told the officer. Well, that's not how evictions I work. Okay. <laughs> so you told the officer that's what? what? Told I told him, um, I literally just paid for this room. I came across this ad on Craigslist for a room for rent. And I just gave this person, uh, Ronisha, money for this room. And, and he said, well, it, I'm sorry, that person is being evicted. Okay. And that Ronisha was being evicted. Okay. Let me exactly. hear from you, Ms. McKenzie. What the heck is going on? She hands you $950 okay. and within 72 hours, she, the police are there to drag her away. So what's going on? Were you in the middle of an eviction when you no. rented it out to her? No. Joel, Joel, he's the owner of the house. Uh, I'm on a deed the house so I wasn't getting evicted what he was mad about was me moving and renting out the room I'm sorry I don't how I are you on the deed that would make you an owner too do you own the well, house he's, uh, he's kind of like yes may I see the and deed? I explained this to may Edward. I see the deed yeah I don't ha I don't have it at the house I'm at now okay <laughs> but uh, according to her the landlord's saying that you were evicted what's your relationship with the landlord um, he, you can consider him my ex. Did you date him? Yes. Okay. Did you call him your father at one point in the texts? Uh, no. The no? guy who was living there with you is my father. The guy who was living there? No. Did you call Joel your father? My father, Joel, in the texts? Yeah. I probably did. Yeah. yeah, you did, didn't you? So that's not true, is it? We know that's a bold-faced lie. Why are the police there telling her, everybody get out of here, you know, she, she's being evicted, if there was no eviction case against you? Well, there's no eviction case against me. The problem was he was upset that I had rented out the rooms. What right do you have to rent out the rooms? I mean, I was staying there for about three years, and he pretty much let me run the house the way I wanted to. Okay, were you and paying rent? And he was rent? upset that I rented out the rooms. Were you paying rent? Yes. Okay. When was the last time you had paid I rent? I was paying half of the mortgage, not rent. Okay. Um, last month, because I'm still paying. Okay. So how is it then that the police took you out if you are an owner of the house? That doesn't make much sense. They never took me out because I wasn't there. Well, why aren't you there now? But I've been going there. I've been in contact with Joel. You've got another place that you're day. living. So tell me how it is that anybody successfully moved you from there if you're an owner of the house. Well, me and Joel is still in communication. So he's moving back in the house. He's working on the house because it was not an abandoned house. What happened was the kitchen needed to be repaired. 
So he's getting that repaired. Okay, did the police go there with Joelle and tell her, get out? I wasn't in town. But you know, know it happened, right? Joelle said. Well, you're talking to Joelle, so you know Joelle. it happened, right? That Joelle was there with the police well, and told the lady you'd taken money from that she needed to get out because you didn't have a right to do that because he was <laughs> mad that you were renting it out. All that's true, right? You know that. Yes. So on what yes. planet do you think yes. that you do not have to return her rent money to her? Okay, so what happened with me, she first came in, rented the room. I explained to her, look, the guy, Joelle, you, I explained that to you in the kitchen. I never pulled a gun out on you. I don't own a gun. I said, Joel, you know, he's been acting fishy with me because we've been going through things. I said, so I moved out and started renting out the rooms. And that's how, yes, I did, Miss Edwards. You don't have to laugh. Wait, said, I'm, I'm sorry. What is your testimony? That it'll be $950 and you may get kicked out tomorrow? Uh, no, no, no. I said, I said, you'll probably be able to stay here to the end of this year. That's what I said. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Because that's what he was told to me. So what's your defense? Because it didn't happen. She got kicked out in 72 hours. What is your defense? Why did you keep this lady's well, money? Because there was a no refund. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be the judge of that, whether there's a refund or not. You're just a scam artist renting out rooms to people without any authority to rent out rooms. Then, yeah, I'll be deciding if there's a refund. So show me your authority to rent out those rooms. Well, Joelle allowed me to. Oh, show me proof that Joelle authorized you to rent that out. Is Joelle there to testify or do you have uh, what are you looking for there? She have Joelle's number. I'm going to call and just put it on speaker. Oh, that's fun. That's Joe. Joelle. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm um, on the phone. Well, I'm on a FaceTime with People Court and Ms. Edwards, the one that was renting the room out on Pillsbury. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, well, you met her. So there, she's telling the judge that I, you did not give me permission to rent out the room. You did give me permission at one point, but I wasn't paying you all the money that I was getting for the rent. You didn't pay me no money. What are you talking about? Okay, well, he allowed me. I just, he's saying I didn't pay him. I did pay you. No, you did not pay me anything, Mackenzie, for over a year. What are you talking about? So, I did, but he's saying I didn't, so. Hi, here's what I want to ask you. How did you get the cops to remove her? Everyone was evicted. Yeah. Okay, so so according to him, there was an eviction filed? <laughs> he said everyone was evicted. right, I don't and so know. according to the whole process had gone through, and everyone was. Evicted. Tell me, Miss McKenzie, on what planet, if though. you had in fact, if you had in fact paid somebody nine hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to live there for a month, um, well, it, only part of that was the month; the other was security, and then you got kicked out in three days. Would you expect the nine fifty back? Uh, yeah, but then again, it costs more to stay at a hotel, Miss Edwards. I'm sorry. She wasn't staying in a hotel. She was moving into a place you pretended you had the authority to rent out. No, I I found out thanks to your phone call that, in fact, (laughs) you weren't paying him squat, which is why he was sick of you renting out something that you didn't own. I'm fascinated by your phone call to this man. I'm fascinated by it. Now, let's talk to you, Ms. Edwards, about your lawsuit. You're suing for the 950 back, and that's obvious. Then you're also suing for a hotel, for gas, for storage, for the Airbnb, and then seven grand for emotional distress because you are angry, correct? 
Yes. <laughs> okay. But I understand the 950. Where does the 10,000 come in? Um, well, I'm sure you have placed in front of you uh, the proof of the Airbnb and the motels that I've had to pay for, the gas that I've had to put in my car since then. Right, but I why is that something she breakdown. would have to pay? The, the fact that you have to put gas in your car. You would have to put gas in your car because anyway. Because if I'm kicked out of your home, which is where I'm supposed to be staying for the next two, for the next two weeks, also, if possible, the next six months, which is what I told her I wanted to stay. Well, you didn't have a lease. You, all you for. had was a month to month at best because it was verbal. So you didn't have. And you didn't I have told that you probably only have eight months. She gave me a lease that she told me she was going to give me a copy of and never did. Oh, did you sign um, a lease, Ms. Ms. Edwards? Yes, I did. Why would you wow. sign something and not take a, a picture with your phone? Um, You're totally right. But I honestly trusted that she would. What, why would you trust her? She's a scam artist. <laughs> what does that say about you that you hand her $700 and they say, I'm going to need another $250. Oh, that sounds good. I did and you hand her the other $250. I mean, come on. This is you're a wow. grown woman with children. You ought to be exactly. more careful about this. You don't have any you're proof right. she owns a place. But wait, she before... said, no, stop talking, Miss McKenzie. She, <laughs> you know, I, I, I had her number in 30 seconds. And, and you're literally handing her more money and more money. I mean, be a little more careful. But why would that all of a sudden entitle you to 10000 I have the answer for that. It doesn't. But I'll tell you what, Miss McKenzie, if you think that you're going to get away with only returning the 950 that you owe her, you're wrong about that. Because I'm going to double that 950 as punitive damages for your scam of collecting rent from someone who you had no right to collect rent from. So my verdict okay. is for the plaintiff in the amount of $1,900. Well, the plaintiff looks happy. She's not getting 10000 She's getting uh, 1900 which is pretty good. Ms. McKenzie, the judge said she saw right through you. You're a scam artist. What do you, what do you um, feel about that? How do you react yeah. to that? I mean, I don't, ever, I don't think I have anything to feel about it. That's how she feels, so that's fine. But it's true, isn't it? You are a scam artist. Aren't I right? No, no. Well, you certainly come off as one. Ms. Edwards... You're happy. I saw you smiling when the judge gave the verdict. How, what are you thinking right now? How do you feel? Um, I feel good. I wasn't expecting the 10000 but that's what I went for. I just hope that Ronisha is able to do better with her life and in her life. All right. <laughs> well, good luck to you, okay? You tried for 10 You didn't get it, but you're still happy. Good enough. So, Doug, in this case, the plaintiff not only got compensated for the money she's at, but she also got punitive damages. In most states, you get punitive damages or can get them uh, if you prove fraud, oppression, or malice. In this case, there was proof of fraud. Now, the judge has a lot of discretion on how much to award, but typically it's enough to make an example of that person. How close are you guys with Douglas and your staff? Do you have get-togethers with them at times? This show is like a family, really. And it's a family that's been together for a long, long time, as you well know. Yeah. So we're at 21 years, we're 21 years of your life yeah. um, here working with them uh, constantly. And a couple of years of my life now, almost. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do get together. We do. And our <sighs> parties are kind of legendary. They're the stuff of right. legends. I once right. uh, went backstage at a Broadway show and the fellow who was the stand-in for the lead, who was so good. And I just wanted to tell you, you were so good. You were so good. I can't imagine the person you're standing in for being better than you. He goes, you don't remember me, do you? 
I said, I'm sorry. He goes, we met. We met once before. I was your bartender at one of your parties. Oh, my God. Yes. On a boat. He was talking about a tattoo. We had all done fake tattoos and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've, this is. That was like a New York Harbor cruise. This is a great place to work. We're very blessed here. And yeah, a lot of good people and a lot of good times. It makes it fun to come to work. Yeah.